Seinfeld. The airport is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are never in first class. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's Akiva Whitaker. Akiva, how are you? Oh, I'm very excited. Yes. Oh, my God, Akiva. Here we are. It's time to talk the airport. Yeah, this is our 50th show together, Rob. Our 50th show. Wow. And this is the 52nd episode of Seinfeld. I think it's 50. Well, I think it's 53, right? Oh, is it 53? Oh, my God. I stand corrected. Because I think we did three double episodes. Three double episodes. Okay, so here we are. We are about, we're going to head on our way to the airport for scheduled for a perfect pickup, ready to talk about the episode where it's Jerry and Elaine flying on the plane. Jerry ends up in first class. Elaine is in coach. Elaine has the worst flight. Jerry has the best flight. And then uh, George and Kramer have some adventures on the way to pull off this pickup. Yeah, by the way, you were right. It's 52. I, I usually wait till the second minute to make a mistake, but today I threw one down in the first minute. You're ahead of time. <laughs> I only knew that because I was tweeting out the link to the contest and I saw that okay. it was said of episode 51 in the, in the link. To so that. I don't even know if it's really our 50th episode. Now, nah, just ignore everything I say for the rest of the show. All right. We, we, it's ballpark. Ballpark. We, we, get, we get the idea. Anyway, Akiva, how you been? Uh, I've been great. I, you know, it's hard to, it's really hard to top the contest, but we'll try today. We'll try to top the contest. And so we are ready to talk about the airport. Any Seinfeld news this week? Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, emailed and tweeted me the story. I'm, I'm sure you saw it also. Um, the Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, the UCB, that's like yes. improv comedy in New York, um, did a um, did a full blown Seinfeld show with the fake commercials and everything on stage. I'm not sure when they did it. And they and they recorded it and put it on YouTube. And uh, it went a little bit viral. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I heard about it. I did not see it. Yeah, I, I'll I'll say for next week if you have time. It was pretty good. Okay. Well, you know, I think you'll be able to tell within five minutes if you like it or not. So you could always shut it off. But uh, it was pretty good. The fake commercials were funny. Uh, the episode's called "The Leaning Susan," and and it's about Kramer has an idea where uh, you know when you're standing, you're you're in a store, and in, you know you can't. There's nowhere to sit, but you don't want to stand, so you have this like. Uh, you know, thing you could lean on and Susan comes back to life. There's a lot, a lot going on, but it's pretty, it's very real other than, other than the reincarnation of Susan. It's very Seinfeldy. Yeah. You know, it, it really, uh, the, the characters look enough like Jerry, uh, you know, and, and the gang and they sound a lot like them. Uh, the Elaine is really good. Kramer's really good. I think it's worthwhile for uh, people at home. It's if you just uh, Google or YouTube the leaning Susan, you'll find it. Akiva, is it better than the time that your friends all reenacted a Seinfeld episode for somebody's bachelor party? <laughs> the Kenny Rogers chicken roaster. <laughs> you know, I, I have to. Uh, I, I, when we get to the chicken roaster episode in two years, <laughs> maybe I'll sit through that whole thing. But um, if I'm not mistaken, I think our very own Amir, who, who emails a lot, is uh, is Elaine in that episode. <laughs> what no, a wild no bachelor party that must I'm, have been. I wasn't there, but uh, I'm sure it was very wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, what'd you guys do on your bachelor party? Well, we reenacted the Kenny Rogers Roasters edition. They should have at least reenacted the contest. Had like a real. <laughs> yeah, that would have at least have been a little bit, <laughs> a little bit salacious. Racier episode. Yeah, racier. <laughs> All right. So uh, we will check that out. Uh, of course, uh, the link to that is on YouTube. All right. You ready to get into talking about the airport? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the airport comes to us. It's the 12th episode of season four, originally aired November 25th, 1992. And again, 
It is another one of these Larry Charles episodes, and it was not something that you would notice at the time, but as we go back and look at these, all of the Larry Charles episodes have like a certain distinct feel that really feel enough like a different show than the rest of the Seinfeld catalog. Yeah, it's weird because if you look at the, if you watch the inside look uh, where Larry Charles is talking about the episode, he says in this, for, for this episode, he said, I really wanted to put my stamp on, on all the episodes that you'd be able to tell that, you know, it's a Larry Charles episode, which to me is a weird comment because, you know, writers on the show, you're not supposed to say like, oh, this is, you know, you didn't watch Lost and be like, uh, this is uh, Matthew K. Vaughn or I don't remember the writer's names anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah. It really is strange. And I mean, he's almost kind of like a Dan Harmon where he comes in and stuff that he does has like a totally different feel than the stuff that we have from everybody else on the show. Uh, Yeah, you could, you know, you could play a game with somebody basically where you guess the Larry Charles episode and have no idea who wrote it. And if you're an astute fan of the show, I think you will pick up on 90 percent of them. Yeah, I mean, he was the person that's behind a lot of these episodes where we take them completely out of the regular Seinfeld universe that he does the subway, he does the limo, he does uh, the airport. So like all of these episodes where we're doing Seinfeld in different locations and we're not even going to the apartment, like that's a Larry Charles episode. Yeah. And the trip was probably a very, you know, was a very Larry Charles episode with, you know, there was murders and there was this, you know, the smug strangler and, that, you know, that stuff was really, and again, not in the apartment at all. That was really outside the world of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone after season five. Uh, yes, he Larry, uh, Larry Charles leaves the show. I do believe he comes back for the finale. Yeah, but do you know uh, what, in, what he goes on to do? Uh, well, he left to do his own show, right? Well, no, he left. He left Seinfeld to go right on Mad About You. <laughs> which oh, yeah, that is a strange move. Isn't that weird? Yeah, was he the showrunner though? I'm not sure. We have to take we have to take a look at that. But isn't that isn't that nuts? Because you could, you wouldn't I, think of a like from what we know about Larry Charles, you would think that there wouldn't be any show that would be less Larry Charles than Mad About You. Yeah, I, I wonder if we would watch the uh, Mad About You episodes if you could tell that it's a Larry Charles episode. I wonder if maybe he had a falling out with with uh, with LD or, or Jerry, or maybe they just offered him a lot of money. He goes on to do a lot of work on Curb Your Enthusiasm. So if he has a falling out, you wonder if it's more with JS than LD. Yeah, that's a good point. Or maybe they or maybe they patched it up because there's about 10 years in between. That's true. But, um, you could imagine that Larry David would maybe get into a fight with somebody, but then be able to, to patch it up after not talking to them for a couple of years. Yeah, but Rob, also, you said that Man About You is the least Larry David show. Well, he wrote a few episodes of Entourage. Yeah, Larry Charles. Uh, Larry, excuse me, Larry Charles, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, he goes on to work on Entourage, too. Yeah, that's, that's uh, interesting also. And, you know, and of course, he, fa- you know, he was really, other than Sacha Baron Cohen, the brains behind Boron and Bruno, so he has a very impressive and diverse resume. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into talking about this Larry Charles written episode at the airport. So the episode starts off after we get a little bit of stand up and, you know, Jerry doing stand up about airplanes. We are right there in Jerry's wheelhouse. This is. Yeah, bread he didn't. And butter. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, how do you, you know, he may have to stretch to find that, you know, to connect a, uh, a stand up to an episode. But here it was like, uh, which one have I not done already? <laughs> yes. You have a complete catalog of Jerry Seinfeld airplane material to choose from for this episode. 
I mean, there, if you if you uh, remember from his book Sign Language, like I think the airport the airport chapter is like half the book. <laughs> yeah, so he's got a lot of stuff about airplanes. Uh, this one starts off that everything at the airport is little. You have a you know a little seat, a little a little computer. You're going to be a little delayed. The person's wearing a little suit, and you know it's cute. If he only knew how much worse it would get. Yes, it's going to get a lot worse. You're going to get a little less room. Things are going to get a little more expensive. You're going to be waiting a little bit longer. You're going to have a little more of a delay going through security. You're going to have a little tiny bottle to put your three ounces of a little bit of liquid in there. And so, yes, he had no idea. It was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, they have meals. This is a, this is a flight from St. Louis oh, yeah. to New York. and They have they have meals on it. Oh, it's so bad. I didn't get my meal on the plane. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Well, wait until wait until uh, 2015 when a meal on a plane is going to be like, uh, forget about that. What are you in like super deluxe first class? You're getting a meal on a plane. Stop that. I, I th- yeah, I, I think I think business gets a snack and first class, maybe St. Louis, New York gets like, uh, you know, like an appetizer or something. They're not yeah. they're not getting a full a like meal uh, from St. Louis to New York. Are you kidding me? What's that? A two hour flight? <laughs> you got a full meal. <laughs> um, it's probably about a three and a half hour flight now that I think about it. Oh my God. All right. Still. So yeah, we'll talk about everything from this actual flight because it does get a little wonky. All right. So Jerry and Elaine were in St. Louis because I guess Jerry was doing a stand-up show and Elaine was visiting a sister. Have we talked about <laughs> Elaine's sister and is this canon? Uh, I think all the siblings are not canon. Uh, we haven't talked about it and I don't believe we hear about it again. Uh, I'm going to guess it's a half sister. I feel like Alton couldn't stay around with her mom too long. Okay. So they had a nice trip to St. Louis and they're coming back from the rental car. Elaine is singing in the car. Jerry tells her to shut up. Yeah, this is a weird back and forth here. Yeah, it's sort of cute, but it is like a little bit like he tells her just to, hey, how about this? How about you shut up? Yeah, I mean, again, they have a brother and sister relationship. I guess if they were if they were actually in uh, boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, it would be worse. Yeah. And so it's cute, though. And then Jerry does the thing where he says it's hot and he has her grab the steering wheel. What do you think of that? That seems a little dangerous for Jerry. What? Do you never do that? No. Yeah, people have asked me to grab the st- steering wheel. It always makes me nervous. I always <laughs> turn them down. And then how about this dialogue between Jerry and Elaine? He says, it smells like a cheap hooker in here. Is that the car or is it you? And Elaine says, why don't you give me $10 to find out? That is pretty cheap. I, yeah, it's a, this is a crazy line. <laughs> yeah, this is a kind, of, a kind of racy dialogue between Jerry and Elaine going into this episode. Yeah, Larry Charles likes to up the ante. Yeah, see, well, he's, the ante is up. And speaking of the ante, we find out that the reason why George is coming to pick up Jerry from the airport is that Jerry and George made a bet. What was this bet, Akiva? Uh, George said that he could jump and touch the awning outside Jerry's building. Yes. They bet $50. Apparently, George did not come within two feet of touching the awning. He thought it was a different awning. Yes. He miscalculated it. And so instead of paying the 50 bucks, he's going to pick up Jerry from the airport. What would you rather do, Akiva? Would you rather pay somebody $50 or pick them up from the airport? I mean, even if you stretched to 100, I'd say I'd rather pay them 100. Would you rather pay 100 than go to the airport? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because $50, that's like, you're asking me, would I want to be a, you know, a cab driver, basically? Like, that's what they get. 50, 60 bucks, right? Going to, uh, from the city to the airport. Yeah. I, I got yeah, a I'm letter. Not- oh, can I just talk about this real quick? I got a letter in the mail. And 
the letter, I don't know how they got my address or what sort of mailing list I'm on. And I got a letter in the mail from Uber. And Uber said to me, Robert, how would you like to be making $380 per weekend? You could be driving an Uber. Wow. Do they know that you'd have to pay a babysitter more than that? Just to go try? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know what, what list was I on that I got a letter from Uber where they're reaching out to me and saying, hey, you're the kind of guy we'd like to have driving an Uber. That is funny. I mean, I feel like, that, I, I mean, you think they just send it out to all podcasters? They assume that podcasters? professional podcasters don't, don't, don't make money? I have no idea. I have no idea. And then I was thinking about like, well, maybe, maybe I should be driving an Uber on the weekend. Like, what <laughs> if I just had nothing to do? If I was just sitting home by myself, maybe I should just be driving people around listen, listening to podcasts. I'd probably be, if I didn't have kids, like I would just be sitting there listening to podcasts. Maybe I should just be driving people around. Well, let me ask you, would you listen to your own podcast so when people got in the car, you could bring it up and then, you know, maybe create new listeners? I would want to just have headphones in if I could. Are you allowed to do that as yeah. an Uber driver? What about if you have one headphone in? If you I'm could not, have one headphone in... No. And then I feel like I could, you know, if they looked interesting, then I could talk to them. And then if they weren't interesting, I wouldn't talk to them. And then I feel like that would be good. I feel like there would be a lot of tweets if you were like, I just got, you know, picked up by a guy. He was listening to his own podcast in, in the Uber. Well, that's why I would want to have the headphone in. I feel like that would yeah. be a good podcast also where it's like the podcast is I'm going to drive an Uber, pick people up. When you get picked up on the Uber, you're on the podcast. Yeah, so it's like it's it's like going backwards from the taxi cab uh, yes. HBO show. Yes, this is Uber Car Confessions. It's a really good idea, but I don't. Did you ever think... watch that? Did you ever watch the taxi cab confessions? Yeah, I, I I wasn't like a regular watcher, but I've seen it on HBO. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the the people like the people that did that. I mean, they only, they like they well they, one they always got like the craziest people, but then there was like one like old lady that was like really kind of like pervy, like uh, like you know talking about like you. Like, um, she'd pick up somebody and then she'd be like, like starting to like go right into asking like dirty questions. Like, I don't know where they found these cab drivers. Well, did I, I assume the people who are on, who are in the back seat have to sign something before they get in the car or do they sign it afterwards? Hmm. I don't know, but I think that they probably sign after because otherwise they wouldn't say anything interesting where they'd right. be playing up for the right. camera. Right. So I think that I would have them sign after on my uh, Uber car, U Uber car confessions. <laughs> but I don't think it would be like super salacious. Like I wouldn't like, uh, I would just be like talking. To no, yeah, it would just be regular chit chat with them. Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea. The problem is Uber would fire you by, by the end of the weekend. <laughs> You'd need to do your own service where you pick people up, but it's a podcast and you'll drive them and they'll pay you. But you're like an independent company. Okay, so what, what do we call this? This is like podcast burr? Well, I don't think we need to, we need to harp on the Uber name. But, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's something like, um, it, you know, it's some sort of, it, you know, we, it, it will just uh, combine the podcast and taxi thing. I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, especially I in LA, you have all these people that they want, not only do they want to ride, but they're looking for, they're just trying to get famous for anything. So you, people would be lining up to like, oh, I need to get a ride and I'll get to be on, booked on the show. Yeah, I feel like you're going to have some free time this summer, right? I, I, this is definitely worth a try. Would you also periscope these podcasts? <laughs> so we're streaming them live. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, because was... I, I, I told you, I think periscope is really where you're going to, you know, make your next uh, wave. Mm, okay. So this is some sort of, so we're combining, maybe it's like periscope, but also it's, it's I guess you could listen to them on demand also. After you periscope, then they would just get saved on demand. 
and then people can watch them because you'd want the video also see these people, right? Yeah, I think that would add to it if you actually see who's in the back car of the car. <laughs> okay, if there's an investor, if we have an angel investor out there, okay, uh, Akiva, if I'm driving the car around, what do you? What's your job in all this? Oh my gosh, I was hoping not to have any job. No, you don't want to be. You, so you want out? Well, I'm like a, I'm a co-founder, but I want to be there's like a no, silent partner. There's no FOMO for you on this. I don't have FOMO in life. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I I'm happy to miss out on almost anything. Could we get on like, Shark Tank with this? I think, I think uh, Cuban would get, you know, would, would maybe buy in for like a meal. We'd walk in and be like, right now, Uber is the fastest growing company in all of transportation. And at the same time, podcasting <laughs> is exploding. But what if you could combine transporting people around and creating audio streaming content live? On demand. We're looking for a $3 million investment for a 10% stake in our company. It's like, uh, what's the $3 million for? We need to buy a car. And Is this yes. a Maserati? What are you buying for $3 million? That and would be funny if it was a really nice car. People might, I feel like people would feel more comfortable if it was a fancy car. We will have exceedingly high bandwidth costs. What do you think? Now, is there a cameraman or is it just like a web, no. like a, it's a, it's a, it's like a, web, ca, it's a cam. cam in the car. Cam in the car. Mm. All right. So, all right. So well, let's get back to Seinfeld. But uh, I think this is a good idea. If there's any angel investors out there, comment, reach out in the comments. Seinfeld. Starting a series A. Postshowrecaps.com. <laughs> yes. All right. So <laughs> where, how do we get to this from? Uh, Elaine I'm not even smells sure. like a I think are we done? Were we finished with the episode? Maybe. Oh, I was gonna. Yeah, I got a letter. I got a letter to be an Uber driver. <laughs> All right. So then they get dropped off at the rental car place, and like, oh, we'll hop in the rental car, and the rental car driver is just leaving without them. Yeah, that's Bill Masters, by Rent, the way. That's uh, rental he's car a, he's a writer on the show. Okay. So we get to a scene where Jerry and Elaine are going to tip the guy. Now we had a long talk about this about what do you tip the maid, Akiva. What do you think about tipping the, what would you call this person? The baggage handler at the airport? I, I thought they were called sky caps, or am I making that up? Yeah, I think that this sounds about right. So this is the thing where you're sort of do the curbside check-in. Do you ever do the curbside check-in? Uh, you don't really do it much anymore because everything is kind of inside, but I, of course I've done it many times. Oh, I did it recently, and it was fantastic. I think a lot of it now is you kind of just like bring, you because you do the online check-in, you kind of toss your bags inside. It's it's I, I feel like, this is kind of becoming obsolete a little bit, but I guess if you just did it, then... Uh... No, I just did it. It was Well, it was really great because we had the baby and we were just like, got dropped off in front of the airport. And it's like, okay, well, we don't have to carry the bags and stroller and everything. And the guy was right there and he just took all the stuff. Did And did you tip? I'm sure I did. I, I don't remember what exactly we, we did. See, it's, it's a little weird to tip airport employees, right? I don't know. I think that these guys, you do tip. I know, but we shouldn't. I'm saying I understand like I would also tip, but it's a, it's a strange like tipping people in the airport is in general. It's like first of all, it's a miserable experience. Like everyone is, who's in the airport just wants to get on the plane and get to their destination. Mm -hmm. And I feel like like these people, I don't know, it's not the same as a waiter. You know, these people should be being paid a fair wage by their employer. Okay. I thought it was odd here that Elaine is the one who makes the big deal over being stingy with the guy at the sky cap 
And she's the one that's saying like, hey, you got a lot of nerve asking this because they asked the guy, how much do you get paid? How much, how much do you get tipped? And I like this guy a lot. He, he's like, uh, he's like, well, you guys don't know, look like you know what you're doing. Uh, and he's sort of like is uh, breaking their balls a little bit. And then he says to them, he gets $5 a bag. And Elaine's just like, you've got a lot of nerve, buddy. It's like they took like George dialogue and gave it to Elaine. Yeah, that makes what you're saying makes sense. I do think like, why is Elaine being cheap with Jerry's money? Yes, that's right. So I'm not sure exactly why, but it ends up being where after she like kind of gets in the guy's face, the guy takes Jerry's bag and sends it to JFK and takes Elaine's bag and sends it to Honolulu. My question for you, Akiba, is how does the guy know whose suitcase is whose? Every time I see this episode, I wonder that, but never enough to go back and check. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> I think he already has the suitcases at the time we, the, the scene starts. Maybe he's a very astute sky cap who checked, you know, so right away, oh, Jerry's got these two and Elaine's got this one. And, he, you know, he just committed it to memory. He's smart. Yeah. But if you were that guy, wouldn't you assume that these two people are married and maybe there could be like some commingling of the stuff? Like, wouldn't it also be screwing the guy over? It's, it's not a bad point. But again, he doesn't love Jerry. He hates Elaine more than he likes Jerry. Yes. But if this was a married couple, wouldn't you imagine that like the guy is going to be just as involved in fixing this problem as the woman like he does? He gets lucky that Jerry and Elaine are just friends and that this will 100 percent be Elaine's problem and nothing that Jerry has to deal with. If this was a couple, they would be equally invested in this issue. It's a good point. I also think we, it's weird that we don't see how much he tips the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't actually find out. Maybe it wasn't that great a tip. Maybe it was two. I mean, back then, it couldn't have been more than $2 a bag. I thought that Jerry had a 10 to start. And he said, what do you yeah, think? He did like, have a 10. He, he did have a 10, 10 to start. And I didn't see him get more money out. So I felt like he still so he probably just handed him, him a 10. 10. And I'm sure the guy was fine with a 10, right? I think he would have been fine. Do you think that he was, you know, bumping up the quote? Oh, no question. Yeah. Okay. So then they're trying to race through the airport. And Jerry says something which I'm not sure necessarily would fly here in 2015. He tells Elaine that she's running through the airport like a woman. She needs to run like a man. Yeah, between that and the cheap hooker uh, comment, we're, we're already, we're, we're, we might have a round table for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah. Boy, 1992. The things were flying left and right. All right. It was hammer time for many reasons. It was hammer time. Okay. So we find out that the flight is canceled and there's no time to let anybody know that the flight is what's going on with the flight and they're able to, what are they, they, they get on another flight that's going to LaGuardia. Yeah. They're supposed to go to JFK and she realizes that, that, uh, uh that she's going to have two to, uh, she has two to go to the other airport. Okay. So they're going to go on a completely different flight and there's two seats left and one of the seats ends up being in first class, but there's no extra charge. Akiva, is this plausible at all? Yeah, I mean, if, if everything is full, it's within reason. Maybe Jerry is some kind of, you know, good customer. You know, many comedians are on the road constantly. So maybe they saw, oh, this guy flies a lot. We'll give him a, uh, you know, we'll give him a first class ticket. But is this all like, is this all like American Airlines? Is this so like American Airlines hypothetically has two flights both leaving out of St. Louis. One is going to JFK and one is going to LaGuardia. And that it, it like, because is it just a, a completely different airline or is this all on the same airline? Yeah, I think it's the same airline. I mean, I mean, sometimes these 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 flights have like, you know, sharing or whatever. But I, I think this is the same airline. Listen, it's New York. It's not unreasonable that 
you know, two different airlines would have a, a similarly, you know, timed flight. But wouldn't there be a couple hundred people in this same boat as Jerry and Elaine? Why do they get this special treatment of getting the last two seats on this other flight? Right. And especially since, right, especially since they probably came after everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure. Either, unless it was like a different plane that they ended up getting and then everybody from the one flight was moved on, on to the other. Again, that there's, this is one of those things that, if we think too much about it, it completely kills the episode and ruins it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we need to lose too much sleep over this. <laughs> Is this one of the things that we need to file away for our interview with Jerry? I'm even going to say no. I don't even think we. <laughs> okay. I don't think we have to bother asking Jerry about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe we'll ask Larry Charles uh, one day about this stuff. Oh, for obviously, yeah. This is an LC question. <laughs> yes. All right. So. They have to decide who's going to go into first class. Jerry says the reason why he should get the first class ticket is because that he has flown first class before and Elaine wouldn't know what she was missing. Is this sound logic? I mean, in theory, like in fairness should dictate that Elaine should get the seat. But I understand. Listen, it's the, the better argument, right, is that it, it, Jerry's just taking her along with the free ticket. You know, he just did a show. She was there for, for a vacation that he should get the ticket. But that argument doesn't really work because I think Elaine should get the you know, once in a lifetime experience of going first class. No, I agree with Jerry here. And, I, and he doesn't you really use this reasoning. His reasoning is like, oh, I've had it before. So you won't know what you're missing. It's like, I got you a free ticket. You, you're already on a once in a lifetime experience that I am the, I am the breadwinner here. I'm the earner in this. I'm here on work. You are my plus one. So if there are any benefits that come along with my the spoils of this trip to St. Louis all go to me because I'm here doing my job and you are my guest. All right, let me paint a scenario for you, Rob. You're going to New York to do a show, a live podcast. Right. Pretend like your baby uh, is out of the picture. He's already he, he flew ahead of you. He's already in New York. So okay. there's no child in this equation. Yes. And so you and your wife are flying together and this happens. You get one free First class ticket. Right. This is totally, uh, totally out of bounds and, and irrelevant because the difference between me and my wife is much different than Jerry and Elaine because this would be like if I was going with some, and again, the, the Jerry and Elaine relationship is complicated, but this would be if like I had some plutonic female friend, not my wife. Well, your wife would probably be mad about this. Right. This is, <laughs> and we're not talking about where Larry Charles works, but, uh, this would be totally different. Like I would do it. I, I would do it for my wife because who would want to hear her for forever about this? <laughs> right. For Jerry and Elaine, this is not that dynamic. So if I had some female coworker and it's not even a work, like a boss employee relationship, I just had some female friend and she was just my friend accompanying me. I, I wouldn't see why I would give her the seat, especially if there was no chance of, Hey, if I give her this seat, then, you know, then, you know, things are going to be good later on. It would just be, I, I don't know why I would do that. Have you ever flown first class? Uh, I have, yes. So, but so now you're a first class person. So, if you are flying with someone who hasn't or or does it less frequently than you, then according to your rules, you should get the ticket anyway. This would be like if forget when we're making it man woman, it's complicating this. If I just was with a friend and my friend was coming with me to go to the let's go to the podcast in New York, and I got a chance, we had one first class ticket. I I should get it. I'm the person who's going to go do something and I'm giving the other person a free ticket. They're already getting a free coach ticket. They're going to get a free first class ticket and I'm going to go sit and coach. I mean, that's fair, but I could also see you giving it up. Well, as me, I can't see me giving it up. 
Oh, okay, fine. So then, Again, you know, now if this was somebody, if this was like a like a, somebody who was like a one an employee of mine or something like that, and I wanted it and as a as a perk. But if this is if we're on the same level, like this is just my friend who I'm already giving a free ticket to, I don't see why I would give them the just like, hey, I want you to have this experience. All right, that's. I mean, that's fair. I think uh, that would be I've very magnanimous. Yeah, except for that one time you got those really cheap tickets. Oh, that's right. I had the first class tickets, but never, never actually used them. Yeah. Very nice. It's very nice. Thanks, United Airlines. Thanks a lot, United. So <laughs> Elaine tries to say, well, you know, if the plane crashes, you know, you're still going down just like everybody else. Yeah, that was a good line, which is like, oh, yeah, you're going to it's not like you're going to be saved. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jerry says, well, you're not getting out of it either. All right. So they get onto the plane. Jerry starts off the, his wonderful experience. They welcome him aboard. And then Elaine tries to see what's going on. And they very quickly you know, push her back into coach. Yeah, it's funny because in the inside look, Jerry says that they realized with this episode that it made sense for Jerry's character to come out on top a lot. Right. Whereas they weren't comfortable with it because I think sitcom lore, it didn't really happen. The main character would end up losing a lot of the time. Uh, you know, whereas and especially in this show, which is dark and almost, you know, one of the four main four characters always loses. Yeah. Um, but they were like, oh, no, Jerry should be the guy winning and the other three should be the losers. And that's obviously what happens here. Well, back when we started this podcast, we were charting like all the money Jerry lost and stuff like that. Like in the stock tip, we were talking about how Jerry lost all this money and lost the girlfriend. It was George that ultimately ended up doing well. And I think that it's important to note from here on out, Jerry is going to be the beneficiary. Oh, yeah. George has like two good episodes left. Everything else is a disaster for him. <laughs> okay. So we end up with Elaine going to sit down and she sits next to a guy who never checks his bags. He has all of these bags with him. Have you ever sat next to this person, Akiva? Yeah, but but in the past, I, good, good luck trying that now. They'll charge you like $1,000 for that bag. Yeah. Only get one carry-on item. Go try that on Spirit Airlines tomorrow. See what they do. <laughs> you won't get out of there alive. Oh, no, they'll they'll actually like uh, they'll arrest you on the plane for bringing that bag. OK. And Jerry, on the other hand, is sitting next to a beautiful model. Now, she's not anybody famous, right? She doesn't go on to be anybody. No, which is surprising. She has like the aura of someone who would become, you know, as a, lo a lot of his later season girlfriends do become something big. But uh, this is Jennifer Campbell and she does not. Yes. OK. Well, it could have happened for her, but it doesn't. I mean, there's still time. She's only like 47. <laughs> All right. Does she play the ukulele? I don't think she plays the ukulele. Okay. All right. So let's get to Kramer and George. And this is the first time we see those guys. And I wonder if maybe in the first draft of this, that th those guys weren't in the episode. And those are the two people that both said, hey, if you're going to do an episode without us, then just write us out of the show. So they have to come up with something for Kramer and George. Yeah, this is one of the flimsier. I mean, of course, in the end, they, they become major characters in the last few minutes. But, you know, when you watch this episode, they're they're really uh, tangential for the first half of the episode. Yeah, they're sort of like the Kramer and Elaine in the limo episode and with the other another one. of the Yeah, Larry I mean, Charles their storyline at the end gets a little bigger, but that's a fair point. And again, this is a, that's a Larry Charles episode, too, of course. Yes. All right. So for George, he's all excited about the perfect pickup. Uh, but Kramer ends up getting on the Long Island Expressway because he doesn't think there's going to be that much traffic and ends up being a big problem. They get stuck in a lot of traffic. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, half of George's life is spent worrying about traffic. That's right. And they also talk about the duty-free shop. Of course, uh, Kramer likes to stop at the duty-free shop. How much is duty? I, I, what, what sales tax? Like 8.5% or something, yeah. right? 
I mean, duty, have you ever bought stuff at the duty free shop? No, because people usually buy alcohol, right? That's right. like the main thing. And I'm not an alcohol guy. Right. You, here's the things that you could buy at the duty-free shop. You have like, you could buy like a case of cigarettes, which is like, which I kind of like because it looks like the gi- like a giant pack of cigarettes. Yeah, like it's, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's like 10 cartons of cigarettes. You could buy liquor. And so you could buy it like perfume and you could buy like chocolate. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm I'm over four or five on those. I don't I don't use any of those things. Yeah. Yes, but I always go in there and I look like I look for something. But it's like, oh, there's nothing really that nothing really that great. And a lot of these things you don't even want to like walking around with. Yeah, then you have to carry it. Like if you buy it before you get on the plane, you especially like the alcohol. You have to like worry that it's not going to get broken on the plane. <laughs> That's right. Where, you know, there's no room on the planes as is. Like it's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's not even worth it for the deal that you're getting on that. So I, I agree with George of uh, duty is not that great. And they don't even end up going to the duty free shop in this episode. No, I think they just like the song. Like it really doesn't pay off. They just like singing. I like to stop at the duty free shop song. And not for anything. Like I also feel like the duty free shop that you need to be traveling like overseas and you need to like have a ticket for like a international flight, I feel like. Or right. Like, have you ever tried to go in there? Yeah, I, I yeah, um, you definitely need a ticket. It's you definitely can't just show up because otherwise people could just drive to the airport and buy cigarettes. You definitely need a ticket, although they're going to solve that problem when they buy tickets in a few minutes. Right, but I think you have to be on an international flight. Yeah, that you pro- that sounds right. I, I you know I, again I don't try and buy them, but r- r- the idea I think is connected to international flights. I think that makes sense. Okay, all right. So we find out that Jerry, in talking to the model, she is in the latest issue of Esquire on page one forty six. A lot of stuff about people being in magazines in this episode. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's, of course, it's also worth noting that the uh, model who does not have a name in this episode, uh, of course, in the next episode, the pick, uh, she is the one who is, uh, her name is Tia, and oh, she's I very much she's against back for that. Yeah, yeah. She's very much, well, she's not back for long because uh, she's grossed out by people who pick their nose. But we do see her again. Yeah. And in this ad that she's in, she's like coming out of the shower and she has this washcloth or, or whatever. Uh, and they talk about like, what is the ad for? Like, see that those wrinkled jeans all the way in the background. And I feel like that this is sort of a theme in Seinfeld where they really do poo poo the idea of advertising where, you know, especially when the product is not even mentioned. Uh, it seems like that there is a couple things, even going back to cotton dockers and stuff like that. Don't you feel like that there is a little bit of like that, you know, that they think advertising is stupid? Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, that's another thing that's going to happen in the next episode where, you know, Calvin Klein is stealing the perfume. like. I do think in general, right, they they have, you know, but again, like we've discussed, it may just be more of a distaste for the man, uh, especially Larry Charles has a huge distaste for the man, you know, against maybe the advertising industry in particular. But maybe one of them used to work, you know, the ad game and, and then really doesn't like it. Yeah. All right. So Elaine has to go to the bathroom on the plane and she doesn't want to wake the guy up. Akiva, have you been in this situation before? Many times. But I, and I also said in an early episode of, of the podcast I am very good. I, I hate public bathrooms mm-hmm. and I especially hate airplane bathrooms. A New York to St. Louis flight. I'm not using the bathroom on the plane. Wow. I'll go right before and then I could go right after. Like there's no way that's happening. Yeah. For me, I tend to like if it's a over if it's a red eye, like I will get the I the window seat. But if it's any other time of day, like especially like this uh, New York to L.A. trip that I'm on all the time. I often will say, let me get the aisle because I don't want to be in the situation that Elaine's in. Yeah, but aren't people climbing over you then? 
yes, but I'm not going to sleep that much on the plane. Yeah, but all, I mean, soon you won't have to worry about it because you're going to be three seats on a plane. You're always going to be the whole row. <laughs> yeah, eventually. But it's still, you know, and, I, and in that case, I want the aisle and I want the baby to be on the window. Yeah. By the way, that's the worst. You know, your, your kid is not two yet, right? Right. So that's the, you know, when your kid is two, you have to buy a full ticket. That's like the worst part of, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like fly every, anywhere you want. Fly now when, when it's still free. Fly now. Okay. So as enticing as that sounds to get on more airplane flights with my baby. <laughs> Yes, we'll have to see. All right. So it's funny then when Kramer and George, because they're running behind, they get to the airport and there's a scene where they're running through the airport and Kramer is picking on George for running like a girl. Yeah, come on. Isn't Who has the ad campaign like play like a girl? Is that the WNBA? Um, well, I think it was one of the, I want to say it was like uh, Kotex or something like that. It was like during a Super Bowl ad. Okay, fine. So uh, yeah, so I... This is really, I mean, again, this is, you know, 20 something years ago, but wouldn't, might not fly. Uh, there would be some think pieces, some mean spirited think pieces written about that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So George and Kramer end up finding out that the flight is canceled and uh, they end up going to have to go to LaGuardia from JFK. Um, I did, this happened to me one time where I, my dad, I, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast, but um, maybe if it came up in another one of these uh, flight episodes where, when I first went out to go audition for Big Brother, I thought my flight was at LaGuardia and I had my dad take me to LaGuardia to drop me off the airport. And then I got there and then I realized my flight was at JFK. And what did you do? I, I had my dad like, Dad, I have to go to JFK. This whole, this whole experience, I could have like, well, gone, gone to the wrong airport and then I'd be uh, you know, sitting, sitting uh, somewhere on Long Island. Yeah, that's, uh, that's brutal. Because I went to the wrong airport. Yeah. No, I got there. It was fine. Anyway, so we find out now that allegedly Jerry was interviewed in Time Magazine. And there was going to be a blurb about Jerry in Time Magazine. And he mentioned George. And they may have mentioned George's name in Time Magazine. Yeah. I'm, I mean, George is so cheap. I'm surprised he wouldn't just like rip out the page or something. I'm surprised he would spend like the four bucks on the magazine just to see his name. Right. Just to buy it before he even looked at it. You would think he would flip through, look for the blurb and then buy it like, and buy multiple copies if he was in there. But he's going to buy it before he peruses it. And so he ends up with the last copy of Time Magazine. Meanwhile, there's like some Hannibal Lecter guy who's being brought through the airport and this is an interesting guy, Akiva. Yeah, and again, we don't know what he did, but we know he's a big enough criminal mastermind to be on the cover of Time Magazine. But the guy is also talking about how, oh, I got to get my Time Magazine. I never miss an issue of Time Magazine, which is fine. That's one thing. But then it also turns out that this guy is also on the cover of Time Magazine, and he's, and he's been caught. So for this guy, this is a real case of wish fulfillment. Like, I feel like they shouldn't have done both things where you either have a, a, a lunatic who is obsessed with Time Magazine and he needs to get his copy of Time Magazine or the lunatic is on the cover of Time Magazine and wants the cover because he's on it as opposed to he's obsessed with Time Magazine and he's also on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah, I, I wrote the same thing. It's ridiculous. Uh, obviously goes without saying this is like a top 10 question we're going to ask Jerry. <laughs> All right. But do you think he should have been a Newsweek fan and then he's on the cover of Time Magazine and he buys that instead? Oh, so he's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey, uh, Jerry, what's going on? This is uh, Rob Sesternino and uh, Akiva Winokur. Hi. Uh, so we have a question. Uh, back in the episode of the airport, uh, there's a scene where there's this criminal who wants the last copy of Time magazine. But George, he actually wants it because there is a blurb that supposedly mentions him. But the guy also says that he is a fan of Time magazine. In addition to being the person that's on the cover of Time Magazine. Was this something that ever... Okay. Jerry? Jerry? All right. Akiva, I think... Hold on. I, I think... Akiva, are you still there? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think maybe uh, Skype got disconnected or something. I don't okay. Know. All right. Well, we will try to patch Jerry back in. If, uh, I'm sure he's if... calling back. His publicist is <laughs> calling right now. Okay. We, right. Nobody should accuse us of not being like a, you know, a high-budget podcast. Yeah, right? we'll, edit, we'll edit that part out where uh, that, we had that snafu. Okay. <laughs> you so, uh yeah, Time Magazine. Uh why was Jerry interviewed in Time Magazine? Um maybe he's like a comedian on the rise. It was like top 10, you know, comedians on the rise. And he's got a show that's uh, about to, you know, have a pilot that's that's canceled after the pilot for whatever whatever state of the show that is. But I I also love this this line that um that uh you know, the exchange at the end between the prisoner and George. Yes, what does he say? Right so he says, you know, I don't care. I want the magazine. And George's like, you know, you don't get it. There's a blurb about me in this magazine. <laughs> and he says, a blurb? You're a blurb. Look at the cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't you think that George is being very confrontational with this guy? Yeah. If well, the second you realize that he is like America's most wanted, and uh, we, we actually need to take a step back here, Rob. Yes. If this is America's most wanted, and I, the only real experience we have from this probably is Kate from Lost, yeah, who's right? Who's who's uh, who's um, you know on on a plane being transported as a criminal? Correct. Yes. And I I feel like her security was even though it was one guy was a lot tougher than um you know this America's number one you know most wanted terrorist guy who is is he in handcuffs? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, He's like I, barely in handcuffs. He's got two like Joe Schmoes who were like trying to lead him around. And he's allowed to take a break and go get a magazine? Yeah. Well, he's on the cover of the magazine. Yeah, but I mean, like, he, this guy should get his own plane. He, why is he being like, why, you know, can he stop at the Starbucks after this? Like, what are the rules? <laughs> It'd be funny if he stops at the duty free shop. I mean, he's not going international, though. He can't. <laughs> well, we don't know where are they transporting him to. I guess he's, go he's going. To, we don't know where he's going, actually. You think he why do you think he's being flown to another country? I don't know. We don't. We don't know. This is a lot of stuff. What do you think this guy did? I mean, he, all we know is I think the cover says caught, right, yeah. or captured, something like caught. That. Yeah. Uh, I. You know. I, I maybe he was like he looks dangerous, but I was because I was going to say maybe he was just like the world's biggest drug dealer. Ooh, he's like you know when Heisenberg? he was hiding out in Mexico and he and he crossed the border again to St. Louis and they caught him. But I mean, maybe he's like a serial killer. Maybe. Uh, I think he's a serial hair messer upper. Yeah, that hair is is got something. But but what's the deal with what's the deal with um you know why like I don't understand why is you know I don't know if he is if he is a, a serial killer then would he really be on the cover of the magazine like is that is if someone got caught tomorrow as a serial killer do they get the cover of Time magazine I don't think so I think you'd get the cover of Time magazine if you were a serial killer and you got caught what if they caught the Long Island Strangler guy. The Long Island you know, Strangler. You know about that guy? You don't know that there's like a serial killer in Long Island? No. 
you should Google it after. It's actually really interesting. He he mostly kills prostitutes and like wayward. Is this a fun know. fact? Well, I mean, I guess it's not so fun. <laughs> not for their families. This is but, a current um, thing. This is happening now. Yeah, I don't know how many bodies have been found in the last couple of years, but there have been a lot of murders. And actually, the reason why did you watch the Jinx? No, uh, the Jinx was great. I but anyway, the re- episode, but I, I haven't kept up with it. The reason why one of the reasons why he ended up getting arrested after the spoiler after the uh, series aired was they realized like, oh, my God, this guy might be the uh, he, uh, Robert Durst. He might be the Long Island. You know, he, they had him like in those places at that time. So they had a real thought, which now they are pretty sure it wasn't him, that he might have been this uh, this serial killer in Long Island. OK. But it's uh, but I think that it's going on for a long time. Like, uh, is this an open investigation? Oh yeah, this has been this has been going around, going on for a while. I don't know. The problem is like they. It's also like a place where they call it the Gilgo Beach Killer. Do you know where Gilgo Beach is? I've heard of it. See, I don't. I don't know where the Craigslist Ripper. He finds people on Craigslist or you know for you know escort type things, and uh, ten to seventeen people over twenty years. Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know. He's got to, you got to cut down the time on that. I think if it was 10 to 17 people in like two months, I think you get Time Magazine. If it's over 20 years, I think that's probably you're you're getting like, uh, you know, New York Post, Newsday, uh, New York Daily News. But I'm yeah, not maybe sure. he'll be in the magazine, but I don't know if he, he can sell you don't the, get cover. the cover. You don't get you the don't, cover. He's not the cover. He's, there's, do you think there's a Time Magazine cover jinx? Mm, I don't think so. It's owned by the same company as SI. Yeah, I don't think there's a Time Magazine cover jinx. Although I think some of those like man of the year, person of the year, I think that those are some uh, questionable. Yeah, but let me ask you a question now. If let's say there is a Time Magazine cover jinx. Okay. Okay. So and and the serial. So this guy, Bobby Serial Killer, we never learned his name, right? Mm -hmm. So we'll call him Bobby. If Bobby is on the cover and the jinx is the jinx like, oh, he's going to murder 10 more people like it's bad on everyone else. Or does he get jinxed and like something (laughs) bad happens to him? I don't know. I think that. Um, hmm, I think it means that he probably gets shivved in prison. Oh, he gets so the, the jinx is on him. Yeah, I think okay. so. He's, his career goes downhill. Okay, so let's let's get back to um, Elaine on the plane. She has a run in with Larry Charles. Yeah, and Larry Charles, he's perfect here because he does look like a guy who could really smell up a bathroom. Yes, uh, he says that he gets recognized quite a bit in the in the inside look after this. Uh, that people recognize him as the guy who uh, stunk up the bathroom on the airplane. Uh, meanwhile, Jerry is getting slippers, drinking champagne, and having a, a very nice time on first class. Yeah, they really like contrasting every time they show Elaine. They show you like Jerry's doing exact, the exact same thing, but it's going well for him. Yes. So the joke is that first class is really nice and coach is not. Yeah, which uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think it's it's funny because it's true. Yeah, I mean, they probably beat this over the head like one one time too many. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it is funny seeing Elaine struggle. And like they, she does look like, you know, she's in a cattle car back there. Looks very uncomfortable. Yeah. All right. So meanwhile, we're going to see Kramer and George. And Kramer it is a guy that he keeps recognizing. He doesn't know who it is. And as they are on their way to LaGuardia, Kramer realizes it's gross Bard. It was his roommate from a long time ago that he Kramer gave him $204 and he never paid him back. And he screwed Kramer over, and Kramer wants his money back. Yeah, he wants to go and actually go back to the, to uh, Kennedy and get and get him. And George says, "No, you can't abandon mid pickup." 
Um, do you think we'll ever see a Seinfeld prequel between Kramer and Grossbard? Yeah, someone pointed out, uh, because we were talking about prequel last week, that, of course, we do see Jerry and Kramer meet uh, in the betrayal, in the, you know, where they go in the backwards episode where they really go back to them meeting. Um, so, you know, are we going to see, does, does the Kramer Grossbart relationship have the same gravitas as the Jerry Kramer relationship? I guess I that's know. the question. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Okay. So, uh, we see more stuff with Jerry in first class talking about the flowers in the bathroom. Again, this is sort of like the symmetry with Elaine in the, having the bathroom that smells bad. Uh, and we are just, you know, getting a, a couple of the things about like, uh, this Chateaubriand in first class and they're having a bunch of wines from Tuscany. Do you think that the maestro knew about the wines in Tuscany? That's a good question. That's a good, oh, we could, that's a Larry Charles question. Yes. Well, that's, We'll ask him later. All right. So we have the meal service going on in coach. Elaine can't get through because the meal service is going on. Have you ever been behind like the drink cart? Forget about the meal cart, Akiva. Have you ever been behind the drink cart on the airplane? Yeah, I have. But they, they have a thing. I've definitely been blocked a bunch of times. They have a thing where they can back up to a certain point and let you go. Like they, they don't just like you're just not in purgatory for the next half hour. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think that uh, this is another thing that was a, a sign of the times. Oh, you think back then they, you were just stuck? Yeah, I think that was probably the rule. And they changed the rule. Yes, I think so. I think they're a you little think the more FAA flexible. changed the rule or, or? I think that they just don't want people like just standing up. Yeah, in, they don't want people out of their seats. Right. Just, get in, just go in your seat. Just go sit in your seat and shut or, up. Or maybe they made the carts that you could squeeze by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on certain flights like JetBlue, they don't even have a cart. That's true. They just have like a tray and they bring, they bring stuff. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a good point. I feel the cart is, is like very 80s. They should all get rid of the carts. Right, because you don't even get a meal anymore. So there's no, there's no car. You have a drink cart, but the drink service goes by kind of faster also. Yeah, I would rather be stuck behind the drink cart than the food cart. Than the food cart. They could also give you a drink while you're stuck. Like they're not going to give you your food to eat in the aisle. Yeah. All right. So George and Kramer have this plan. Kramer is going to buy a ticket so he can go ahead and get on the flight and get the money back from Grossbard. And he needs George's credit card for this. George is reluctant, but ultimately agrees to this plan because he gets miles on his credit card. So he tells Kramer, not just to buy a ticket, buy two tickets because he'll get all of the miles, Akiva. How many problems do you see with this plan? Well, first of all, Kramer doesn't have a credit card. That's like a minor problem, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I'd say Jerry, George being cheap and then asking someone to buy two plane tickets last second when they're probably triple the price. I'm not buying that. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, Kramer being so stupid as to buy non-refundable plane tickets. Like is Kramer a child? I don't, you know, he's like, he's really a buffoon sometimes. But if you buy, like I have a uh, American Express card where I get JetBlue miles and let's say I just go out and I'm just buying up of JetBlue airline tickets and then I'm going to refund them. Don't, don't I not get the miles? Like when you return what you purchased, like you don't get the perks on the credit card, right? I'm mean, see, I'm not sure. There's people who like live their whole lives of being obsessed with miles. So I'm sure someone who listens could answer that question, but I'm not a miles guy. I mean, if, if I make the, if I make the charge, I mean, why wouldn't people be doing this all day? 
I mean, maybe it's just it's risky because let's say you don't get refunded and it's a lot of money. But I feel like certain things you can. I don't know. Maybe the Miles company smartened up in, in recent years. I'm not sure. Yeah. Somebody let me know that. I don't know. Let's, we'll call JetBlue after this and find out. And we could just ask them if they want to sponsor. We'll tell them United's out. So we got we could they could be the official air, you know, airline of the podcast. Yeah. But uh, today's episode of the Seinfeld Recap Podcast is brought to you by our friends at JetBlue. Uh, Akiva, when Jerry and Elaine are on the airplane, uh, they have uh, a horrible class system. But on JetBlue, no classes, no first class, no coach. Everybody's the same. Yeah, every bathroom is smelly. None of them smell like flowers. <laughs> Come on. And there's and Akiva on JetBlue, there's no cart. So you'll never have to be stuck like Elaine was behind the there's cart. There's no cart because there's no food on JetBlue, Rob. You can buy lots of lots of snacks. Yeah, they're way overpriced. <laughs> well, you're Akiva, you're killing this sponsorship. Yes, we're gonna lose every sponsor. We're gonna lose JetBlue. Okay. So we go back to Elaine. Uh, she comes back to her seat. The guy is like, uh, you weren't supposed to get up during the meal service. Uh, and she's like, oh, I didn't get my food. And uh, the guy, I believe that's Jim J. Bullock, who is the person who is the uh, flight attendant. Yeah, who is he? Uh, he's an actor that used to be on a bunch of stuff. Okay. He's that guy. He's, he's that guy. He used to have like a um, too close for comfort, I think was his... Uh, was his hit show that he used to be on. Never heard of it. Okay. And so it ends up being where Elaine can't get a meal. And he's like, are you sure you didn't get the meal? And she's saying like, uh, I think I would know if I had a plate of food served to me. Yeah. This is a very snarky flight attendant. Yes. He's very snarky. He really, he really hates his job. I mean, I feel like flight attendants either love their job or despise it. And there's no in between. Yeah. And so, we end up with Larry David calling out that, hey, he actually was, he got ordered the kosher meal. Yeah, it's so funny because, of course, we didn't know his voice then, but it's just so obviously LD that it's funny. Yes. The kosher meal, um, do you know what they would serve on the airplane kosher meal in 1992? It depends if it's lunch or dinner because, um, you, know, you know, we don't mix milk and meat. So lunch would probably be dairy. Okay. You know, so it'd probably be like, you know, some sort of defrosted uh, pasta. Yes. Uh, and then dinner would be some kind of chicken with some gross sauce. Okay. There you go. Gross I mean, sauce. It, 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 the kosher part. airplane food is maybe in first class they have better kosher food. I don't know. It's not as good as it sounds. The kosher coach meal. Does it sound? Does <laughs> kosher airplane food sound good? <laughs> kosher? Is that kosher? Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Um. Akiva, could you solve the question of the kosher meal of the, the question that comes up? Uh, yeah. So right, one of them says that it's, uh, it goes by uh, how they bless the pig, right? Right. Or how they, how, they, how, they, uh, how they slaughter the pig, which is obviously absurd, right? Yes. And meant to be absurd. Um, and uh, the other, what was the other opinion? Uh, I think it's that uh, the rabbi, it's uh, involved Inspected the rabbi. by the rabbi? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, kosher ultimately comes down to ingredients, but then to have a certification like on many of your foods that you buy from the supermarket, you know, the OU, the O with the U circle mm -hmm. in the middle. So, you know, so that's a big organization that has rabbis that'll go to the Coca-Cola plant or the Heinz ketchup factory, and they'll just make sure that they're using proper ingredients and they're doing, doing everything according to law. 
Uh, but then in terms of meat and, and, and animals for like slaughtering animals, like, uh, you know, for beef and stuff, uh, obviously not for pig. Um, but then, then you know, that they're doing it. Uh, you know, they have their own people who are doing the slaughtering themselves. Okay. All right. So Kramer, under specific rules. Kramer gets on the plane and goes up to Grossbart and says, "Hey, you recognize me? You recognize me?" Uh, Grossbart seems to have no recollection of Kramer. Do you think that that was actually Grossbart? I think it was, but I think it's just such a non-issue. Like Grossbart had no reason to think of Kramer in the last twenty years because. Kramer only thinks about him because Kramer is owed money by Grossbard. The only thing is Kramer's so crazy, would you ever forget a character like him if you knew one? I think he was trying to pretend that he didn't know who he was. Yeah, but people also tend to block things out in their minds. So it's so traumatic living with Kramer. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. So Kramer is being like pulled off the plane by security. And this ends up being like a really crazy thing because then he ends up being chased by the airport security out onto the tarmac. Uh, yeah, again, one guy. One guy doing all the security for the whole airport. I mean, if this was 2015, Kramer would be shot and then subsequently on the cover of Time magazine. Oh, I don't know. I don't think that makes the cover of Time. Some crazy guy runs onto the tarmac. That's not cover. That barely makes Time magazine. You don't think so? The, the guy, a guy breaks on, you know, um, comes onto a plane, accosts a guy, and then is shot down on the runway of, uh, you know, is, are they at JFK at this point? Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're at JFK. It's page, this is page 12 New York Post that best are up. No, this is cover New York Post. No, it's not. Some of this, these things probably happen every day. Every day? <laughs> it's <laughs> not. I, I feel like it's New York City. Lots of crazy things happen. This also guy, happens like, to be the flight that's escorting the caught serial killer who's already on the cover of Time magazine. We assume serial killer. Alleged. We don't want to get Alleged serial killer. I mean, you don't even think that's, that's not, not even uh, the front page. It's, now it's late. That's the thing. Um, so I don't know if New York Post. And what would the headline around. be? What's the New York Post headline about Kramer being shot on the tarmac? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they like to have like a really catchy headline. Right, right. Because how uh, could you explain this in like five words or less? That's my boy. problem. Uh, some sort of like runway, run runway down. nuts snuffed yeah. out. Runway nuts snuffed. Yeah, that, that's good. We're not runway nut cracked. Oh, it had his head cracked <laughs> open. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be good. And then sort of like it had. Could we have like an inset of the serial killer that was on the plane? Yeah. Okay. So then you have the serial killer's face on the cover that maybe sells a few more copies. Time Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, meanwhile, George needs to use the restroom on the plane. Like, why, why does George board the plane? Um, it's, <laughs> and so, and then he knocks on the door, and then it's the serial killers in there. And again, he's by himself. Like, not even, like, with the, the security guard out there. So, it is a good question whether, obviously, they need to be up there. It is a good question of whether he can go to the bathroom himself. Like, even on Lost, like, Kate, yeah. uh, at, at best, like, the guy is, like, she's, like, uh, like the guy's, like, putting his hand through while she's in the bathroom. Yeah, what do they do? I I feel like did this scenario come up on Lost? I'm not sure if she had to go to the bathroom or not. I think that he to, probably we have told to ask her a Lost expert to hold it. Yeah, well, I'll ask Josh Wiggler next time I talk to him about this. All right. So meanwhile, we go to Elaine. She tries to sneak into first class, and she is uh, promptly escorted out of first class. And they I mean, that is a pretty strict rule. It's you know, you're not. They don't let the first class people, the coach people, in the first class. Yeah. If Even you if you want to, like, to ask though. a question to your friend. 
If you were in first class, could you just go sit and coach if you wanted to? Oh, you could do whatever you want. You could eat all their food. You could anything. You're in charge. Hey, what do you guys got back here? Blue potato chips? Um, like, uh, you know, there's deleted scene. The deleted scenes in this episode are interesting because there's the deleted scene where Jerry asks Elaine if she wants the switch. Yes. And, and this is early in the flight. And she says no. Or he yeah, says that there's that, a flight. He doesn't say switch. He says there's an extra. He tells her about this extra seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, that's okay. All right. So Elaine, she goes, goes back to her scene. She just like screams at the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of a jerk for not, for, you know, having his bag. He's, he's, you know, he deserves it. All right. So we end up with a couple of uh, quick shots to sort of wrap things up. Uh, we see Kramer running away on the tarmac. Uh, we see Jerry looking at Kramer being chased down by the police on the runway. And he like rubs his eyes like, I didn't really see that. Right. And again, this is really like Keystone Cops here where Kramer ends up escaping and then ends up like sliding down the baggage claim. Probably one of the most slapstick things that we've seen on Seinfeld to this point. Yeah. And, and, and nobody bats an eye other than Jerry. Yeah. And there's like a cop that's like right there. Right there. No, even say it like, happens every time that some six foot tall goofy right, guy flies Right. The guy's it. not even like, hey, what the hell are you doing in there? <laughs> No questions. And again, people, a lot of people do do their jobs like that at, at that type of job where it's like the more questions you ask, the more work it is for you. But so again, in 2015, Kramer would be shot on site. Yeah, I mean, he, for, for coming out of, on the baggage claim, he'd probably just be arrested. Be arrested, without a doubt. And they don't even ask him a question. Okay. Also, Jerry is waiting for his bag. Elaine's bag never shows up. Did you watch the alternate ending? Yes, I, it actually kind of makes more sense. The it makes more sense, but it's not as funny. It's not as funny, but if, if someone other than Larry Charles wrote the episode, I think that's the ending they use. Yeah, and the alternate ending is just that, you know, George comes up and meets up with them, and then they're all like, uh, what, what's the line that they all say? Uh, you, you, you won't believe what happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> they don't, and they all end up saying that. But it ends up where Elaine doesn't get her bag. We end up seeing a shot of it with Elay in Honolulu. Um, we see the paparazzi with the woman that Jerry was on the plane, Tia. Uh, she gives her number and uh, we see a shot of George with his hair all <laughs> um, messed up, screaming Kramer on the flight. So what did, did he get like a swirly? What happened in the bathroom? Oh, Why I didn't is his think hair messed swirly. Up? I didn't mean yeah. uh, in swirly. You think uh, atomic wedgie. Maybe like the atomic wedgie into the swirly. Atomic wedgie into a swirly. Well, <laughs> that, like be, that's his double finishing move. <laughs> it would be tough to give somebody a swirly in an airplane bathroom. Listen, this guy's murdered people. He could he could give someone a swirly in an airplane bathroom. I guess so. I, I'm going to go with atomic wedgie. And that's why his hair was messed up. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. And then uh, we end up with some closing stand up of Jerry likes to fly. It's like a little apartment uh, that, you know, uh, the worst way to fly. It's like it's like four different jokes all in one here. And then the worst way to fly is standby because then you just stand by when the flight takes off. Uh, there was a flight attendant that didn't have a uniform on. It was like just somebody was, uh, you know, he didn't believe her that she was the flight attendant. It's all 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 the end of the sign language, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that is it. That is the airport. Yeah, some good jokes in there. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's not uh, one of the greatest all-time shows. Um, Kiva, we talked about a lot of ways that the airport would be different if this was 2015. Anything else jump out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, the whole airport experience is obviously different, of course, with security and everything. But, uh, but just the fact that they couldn't call each other is the biggest one, right? Like, 
the cell phone thing is a big deal oh, yeah. here. We didn't even touch on that, but yeah, that's huge. Where like, you know, fly, bouncing back and forth from JFK LaGuardia. And also you could just check on your phone. Right. What's the deal with the flight? They wouldn't, you don't even leave the house when you, when you live that close until like the flight is landing. That's right. That's right. So all good points about that. Okay, Akiva, where do you rank the airport? Um, you know, there's some really good jokes in there. Uh, so I have the airport at 61. What's the best joke? Uh, well, I really, I really like the you're a blurb. <laughs> that's what it, that's what it is. I think that should be our hashtag. You're a blurb. You're a blurb. Okay. Um, again, no apostrophe in a hashtag. I'm trying to think of. Boy, I like uh, I like the stop at the duty free shop. But... That's probably the most memorable thing in the episode. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's like a laugh out loud moment in the episode. I feel like probably the. Uh, yeah, I feel like the the best, the funniest stuff is George with the lunatic from Time Magazine. Especially yeah, when, like, when, when he the opens guy, the door, that's really funny. That's really funny. That's like a really a really funny moment. So I feel like that it's uh just the stuff about that. I feel like that's that's the best stuff, which you wouldn't necessarily think of first. All right, let's take a couple of questions about the airport, and let's start off with the great Amir. Amir uh, says uh, number one, uh, he agrees. Jerry and Elaine are flying from St. Louis. Duty-free is only available when you're flying international. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. He also says that it's a big deal to just change airports mid-flight. That doesn't happen like that. It's like it's no big deal. Well, that's not true. I've been on planes that have been rerouted for weather. Okay, well, then you got to take this up with Amir. Yeah, but, but also it was worse. Like we were flying in. I remember I was flying in from... Oakland from a Jets game with my dad. We're flying to New York because I wanted to be in my senior class picture in high school. Um, so we took the red eye and then we're about to land. And they're like, oh, no, we got to go land in Albany or something. Albany. Yeah, they took us like a way upstate New York because like there was there was like a lot of I don't know what like fog. In, in, you know. And again, the reasons you can't land in JFK usually apply to LaGuardia, which is like a couple miles away. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, especially, and the reason would be like, oh, we have a problem with the runway. That's why you have to land at LaGuardia, but you wouldn't then go back to JFK. Right. All right. Uh, Amir also says, the steward says he has to go collect earplugs. That's insane and gross. Nobody collects those. Yeah, what is he talking about? Those, like, those, the headphones or whatever, like, those go in the garbage, don't they? I guess so. Um, also, uh, he says, obviously, you don't get frequent flyer miles for return tickets. He seems like a guy who would know more about the freaking freaking flyer miles than us. Yes, I think it seems like Amir has all these angles figured out, like he like he did research into trying to do this himself. I mean, I bet a lot of people tried it after. Although I don't know if George and Kramer really left a good taste in people's mouths about how it ends up. Yeah. Okay, uh, Johnny De Silvera. So uh, Johnny has a couple of notes. Uh, he says also that uh, the episode was filmed with no audience. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's no they, they weren't going to build the whole set. I think what they normally do, and I didn't see it specifically for this episode, is they show it to like, you know, when they're showing the visa in a few weeks when they're filming that you get their half hour early and, and they have them laugh at the jokes for the airport and they put those in. Yes. Also, he says that George's interaction with the prisoner is taken from whatever happened to baby Jane, where Betty Davis delivers a similar line to a wheelchair bound Joan Crawford. Yeah, I have that where he says, but you, Blanche, you're in the shackles. But I, I've never heard of that movie or anything. <laughs> yeah, that's not one that I've seen. That's not even one that you could call out Akiva for. You never saw Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? No, that's not, a, that's not on my must-see list. Okay. All right. And Johnny wants to know, 
that, uh, Akiva, I know you live by a strict kosher diet. Just curious, how far in advance do you have to go uh, to give, to order a airline meal that's going to be kosher ahead of time? Well, I mean, this used to be a much bigger problem, of course, right? Because now nobody has meals kosher or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the snacks on, some, on, you know, the flights are generally good, like JetBlue. Uh, you know, they all have kosher snacks for the most part. And the drinks are, are, are always good. Um, so for international, I, there is a number. I don't remember what it is, but... If you tell them that day, if they have them on, like, you know, because they, they usually they'll have like 20 if there's 18 kosher people, especially if you're flying to like Israel or something where like a lot of the flight, the, the meals are kosher. But uh, I think you do need to give them like, oh, like a week's notice or something to get the guarantee. OK. All right. And Chester, he's got a lot to say, as usual. Uh, he wants to know what kind of model eats huge ice cream sundaes. I think he'd be surprised. I think that uh, there's some of the, some of these people, they just have like uh, they eat whatever they want. Like if you're a model, you're a model. For a lot of no, but there's a, I mean, obviously there are many people who have good metabolism metabolisms, but uh, there's also people. There's definitely a lot of models who don't eat anything. Yes, it could go either way. It could go either way. But I don't think that's that's so crazy. That I know you've spent a lot of time around models, so I'm sure you've <laughs> seen you've seen both sides of the coin. There, but there are some women out there, and then some guys too. They just eat whatever they want. It doesn't matter. This should be a Jerry bit. Men can eat anything, and we get fat. Then ladies have an ice cream sundae, and all right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. I might, I might retire that bit, Akiva. Okay. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta workshop it. Workshop it. <laughs> also, <laughs> Chester says, George thinks he's mentioned in Time Magazine, but he doesn't even bother looking into it until he's at the airport halfway through the episode. There's a newsstand on every single block in Manhattan. Given how desperate he is to impress Estelle and Frank uh, for his not being a complete failure, I would have thought he bought a dozen of these copies already. Do you buy that, that George wouldn't have bought Time Magazine already? Well, maybe it just came out that day. Maybe, maybe. Okay, then we have, uh, instead of sneaking into the empty seat, why didn't Elaine go to Jerry's seat and demand that they swap for the second half of the flight? Yeah, I mean, that's not going to happen, especially when he's sleeping. Okay, and finally, Chester wants to know, there's a lot of <laughs> anachronistic stuff that happens at the airport. I know that flying is very different in 2015 than there was in 1992. But I'm talking about the stuff that was wrong even for 1992. Such as Kramer finding out that Jerry and Elaine had been rerouted to LaGuardia. Airlines don't give out the names of passengers on the manifest to random strangers. And Elaine missing the rerouting announcement because she was in the bathroom. They play the announcements on special speakers in there. Boy, Chester is really uh, getting worked up about some uh, minor, even for us, to say uh, that Elaine didn't hear the announcement in the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, Chester, he, he's going to have to, his list of questions for Jerry when we speak to him is going to be, <laughs> like, he's not even going to be able to put them in an email. He's going to have to put them in the cloud. Yeah. I, his, the title of his email, that's another good line from the episode, when, when the stewardess says, uh, more anything, and Jerry's like, more everything. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Akiva, what's coming up next week? Next week, we have a, another classic episode, The Pick. Is it a pick, pick. or a scratch? I thought it was a scratch. You can't, well, we'll, we'll, we'll debate this uh, heavily next week, but you can't go wrong with the pick. Okay. All right. Akiva, great job. Uh, the hashtag again is you're a blurb. You're a blurb. Okay. Uh, of course, send us your emails uh, next week. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Of course, you can subscribe to the podcast at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. We always appreciate when you subscribe, leave us feedback, leave us star ratings, all that good stuff. Uh, follow Akiva on Twitter. He is at Keeve26. I am at Rob Sestrino. So much to do uh, next week for the pick. 
Uh, let us know what you think in the comments on posterrecaps.com and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.